Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing thegrandgroup at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins' rain-shortened two-game series against the Tigers. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win. My name is David Kupis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins only get to play two out of their three scheduled games against the Tigers due to rain. They split the two games that they did play. Both games, neither looked great, really, in, in any sort of regard, but the Twins did come away with at least one victory. What do, you, uh, what do you think of this series there, Dan? I was just happy to see it end. I didn't have a good feeling about Game 3 with Matthew Boyd on the mound and the Twins down to, you know, all kinds of call-ups. I I don't like the condition that this team is in. Maybe a couple days off is going to help. That's interesting that you say. I was actually somewhat optimistic about... Oh, you were? Oh, I, no. No, <laughs> this felt like a game the Twins were going to lose 6-4. to four. Wow. Huh, yeah. No, you don't I, have that. Why? You, why were you so optimistic about Game Three? I, it just, I just felt that like Maeda was going to come out slinging. He was going to turn things around against a Tigers team that's really not too good. So yeah, I, it wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered, David. The bullpen would have taken over in the sixth inning, and the game would have been over. <laughs> well, that's what happened in Game that, Two. I'm just saying. A, it's a fair point. It's a fair criticism, certainly. Well, let's let's just jump right in here to the game recap. Series recap. Game one here, the game the Twins came away with, winning 7-3. to three. Shoemaker was on the mound, Dan, so I was not confident in this one, but he did go five innings pitched. He didn't give up an earned run, two walks, five strikeouts, but my goodness, Dan, it felt as though he was going to give up runs just about every at-bat. It felt that way, didn't it? Yeah, I guess. It was not a comfortable start. No, I just, I don't quite understand. He he looked so good at the beginning of the season and we were kind of like, oh, is it going to be Shoemaker or Hap who kind of steps up and Hap has definitely taken on that mantle. Shoemaker has struggled. But man, this game, Dan, how he gets out of this game without giving up any runs, I am very confused about. Cody Stachek did not get out of this. Um, <laughs> Cody Stachek comes in and he gives up just when the Twins had got their third and fourth runs in the sixth. Then he gives up three in the bottom of the sixth. And then there's that rain delay, right? Oh, man. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking it's just this is going to throw them off. But it didn't throw them off. The Twins added runs. Yeah, Were you it, stunned? Well, no, because here's the thing, Dan. The Twins kind of, to them, it was like the first three innings of a game so they can score runs again. If they knew that it was 7, 8, and 9, they definitely wouldn't have put up any more runs. You know, maybe um, we should try that with the bullpen guys. Tell them maybe. all that they're starters, regardless That's of when perfect. they come in. Maybe They all wanted to it. be starters at some point in their career, <laughs> yeah. right? Nobody wants to be a bullpen guy, so yeah. maybe that's what they should do. Maybe they should literally just do those openers, just bring Duffy in then. <sighs> no, I don't know. This was an interesting game. I mean, I was like, oh, typical Rocco when Garlic is leading off here for the first time in his career. And then he goes and he hits a home run. He hits a home run. It's hard to criticize when the guy he puts in that top of the lineup hits a home run, Dan. The bats looked better. Um, they still went three for 14 with runners in scoring position. So it really should have been uglier than this than it was. Or it wasn't ugly, but it's uh, it could have been a, a bigger margin. I guess, it than felt it was. ugly. I think that's the hard part here is that, it, mm -hmm. yes, it wasn't ugly. And if you just looked at the score and you didn't look at anything else, if you didn't watch the game or anything, you'd think, oh, Twins win 7-3. That's a good day for the Twins. It didn't feel like a 7-3 victory at any point during the game. 
Well, let's let's go to game two that was not so good. Game two, uh, Twins lose this one seven to three. I know that's a little bit confusing, but so the Twins won seven to three on Friday, then they lost seven to three on Saturday because this team, Dan, they thought the way you get back to five hundred is by losing the same margin that you won the previous night. I mostly listened to, uh, because I was doing some other things. And baseball is a great sport where you can be doing other things, right? Absolutely. But I was just ready to fire Miguel Sano uh, right then and there. Why does he even bat, David? Why does he even stand in the plate? I was looking for this stat. Like, is there a stat that shows for as many times as Miguel Sano could have struck out, how many times does he actually strike out? Like, how many two-strike counts does he then take another pitch and then not hit it here's the thing i'm kind of at a point where i'm pretty ambivalent how are you ambivalent about miguel so he was supposed to be this this great player for this team yes no i have written him off already though so it's hard to be upset when it's like when he got a hit in this game it's like yeah i'm gonna clap good for him simply because i just expect him to strike out every moment this season dan if you want to end a twins rally you put sano at the plate it's true. And he was what? How many? He was one for five in this game, right? Yeah. So he um, had a single. He had a single. Come on now. Don't criticize yeah. too and, hard. And to be fair, he was not the only player who left runners on base. You know, Trevor Larnock comes in and he's got runners on base, his first three at bats, right? Not just runners on base, right? But runners in scoring position. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's a rough position to be in, though, for a rookie who's just gotten called up. I mean, I get that there's great opportunity there for him to sort of get off on the right foot. But man, that's a lot of pressure, especially for a team that's been struggling. If they don't want to put pressure on Trevor Larnock, then don't put him fifth, right? Like, that's a spot where you expect a guy to be able to get hit. I I get that. I think that's more of a... The only reason I'm pushing back on this, Dan, is because Larnock, behind him was Cave. So, I mean, what's the difference there? The great Jake Cave. The great Jake Cave. And then Rortvet and then Simmons. So it's not like you're like, oh, well, he was batting fifth. Who else are they (laughs) going to have bat, Dan? Like, out of those other (laughs) names I I listed, I think I would have rather taken my chances with an unknown quantity than put one of the guys who I know. And I guess I don't disagree with that. I'm just thinking it would have been nice if Trevor Larnack would have had one of those great debuts where he gets a clutch hit. Because honestly, this game has a very different feeling to it if it's not 2-2 going into the seventh inning. Yeah, I mean, they should have put more runs up earlier in the game, certainly. But at 2-2, it still felt like the Twins had a shot, obviously. It's a tie game. You felt like even if the bullpen could hold things together, but they just can't. They just, I guess, here's my question to you, Dan. How many runs do the Twins need to be up before they go to the bullpen where you feel like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a victory? I think five. I I think five five runs. And honestly, you're being honest, right? Like you're not being facetious. Yeah, no, it's not being that. facetious. I, if they have a five-run lead and they hand the ball to the bullpen, I feel pretty good still. That's sad. That's yeah, so sad. No, totally. But I mean, what are you going to do, right? I mean, I, I'm I don't know. Boat. I think five is probably the right number. And Duffy didn't look good. He gave up four of those runs. What do you He's do? Not, well, I, I think you keep throwing these guys because what else are you going to do? Well, they tried um, our AAA plan they, and that didn't work. <laughs> that did not work. Uh, Corey Provis, again, because I was listening on the radio, he mentioned a stat that inherited runners the league average 30 percent of inherited runners so meaning a runner that's already on base when another pitcher comes in 30 percent score is the lead average the twins it's 60 percent 60 percent of inherited runners are scoring that high that high that Dear high good well great it doesn't help that like inherited runners is that runners in scoring position because the twins typically like to have well runners that's in scoring true. position well, when they go to the bullpen because they don't often like have a guy on first and then go to the bullpen it seems like yeah, i mean i've criticized rocco in a lot of ways but specifically i feel that He doesn't pull starters early enough only when it feels like they should be pulled. Like, I feel like he he pulls them too early when they're pitching well, and he doesn't pull them early enough when they're starting to struggle. 
but he has done, I'd say the last couple of weeks, it seems, I think he's pulled starters at the right spot in that when they start to struggle, he doesn't let it get out of hand before he goes to the bullpen. Now, granted, I think that mindset needs to shift at this point. I think you stick with your starter as long as you possibly can because the bullpen just can't be trusted. And honestly, they haven't had knock on wood, but you, you know, remember last year there were, I feel like a couple starts where Jake Odorizzi just couldn't get out of the second inning, yeah. it seemed. Yeah. And they really haven't had that. They haven't had starters get shelled early. It's been those sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings that have really been the, in the tenth inning, though that's a different situation, that have really been the problem for this team. It's, it's not getting to the fifth. It's not getting to the bullpen in a situation where the bullpen has an opportunity to win a game. Yeah, and, and this one even, we didn't really give the stat lines here, but Barrios pitched, you know, so he gave up two earned runs, but he had five walks. He was pitching with guys on base the entire time he was in, but he did leave the game with only two runs on the board. You can't ask much more than, for your your starter than that no and and that's why i say you know beyond donaldson's two-run home run that they got in the fifth inning which how fun and big was that that, that was, was just huge, fun yeah. to see them get the get, tie the game just like that but aside from that they just didn't get any clutch hits you know one for one for 14 with runners in scoring position you just you're not going to win games like that even against the lowly tigers correct yeah i mean they were four for 17 which is still better than one for 14 even though that's not very good either that's a lot of opportunities with runners in scoring position 17 times they came up to yeah. the plate with runner Ugh. Well, I was just going to say, the thing is about this game, or about this team, I guess in general, is that, you know, when we would play like the Yankees in the postseason or the Yankees or, or you know, a big market team, and it always felt like, man, the Twins are just on the cusp of losing, like the whole game, even if they were up, it's like something's going to go wrong here, right? And I get, mm -hmm. it's a bit cliche to say that as a Minnesota sports person. The thing is, Dan, we should not feel that way when we watch this team and they're playing the Tigers, but I do. <laughs> like, that's that's the sad part about it. It just feels like, oh yeah, they're probably going to lose. Ugh. Let's, you're right. Let's, let's jump into the segment. Catch them all, Kirby Puckett. Puckett's Picks winner. I guess this is a bright spot, David, for me. Um, <laughs> you know, the Puckett's Picks winners. Normally, this has not been a segment I like. I'm going to talk through it. So the listeners <laughs> took Nelson Cruz, a wise choice that worked out not, to, not very well. He had zero points. You chose Max Kepler, and he had nine points. But Josh Which Donaldson had 12, and I win. And I win, do. David. Congratulations! You've t you've come into a tie with me. We are both three and seven, and the listeners are four and six, so they still have the lead, Dan. But we'll see what happens. Did you want to say something about Kepler there? Well, I just wanted to say that nine points in two games is not a bad stat line for Puckett's picks, and so it was one of those things where I really thought that that they had a he had a chance to come away with the victory. But he is looking good, and he's looking like he's sort of back to a hundred percent after the COVID stuff. And how big is that right now as ever? They need him to play well here to get through this White Sox series. Well, Beast versus Bench, David. Beast versus Bench. Is losing fun? Is losing fun. Yeah, I don't know. This was a little bit tricky. And when you, when you only have two games to deal with, it's a little bit, it's a little harder because sometimes, you know, when you have three, it just feels like a larger sample size. Feels like a complete series. Two games doesn't feel that way. Uh, so who do you have here, Dan, to start on your beast side? So I actually have Jorge Polanco. Jorge Polanco had a really good series here. I think he had five hits in two games. It felt like he was the guy getting on base and then just staying there as all the other guys after him failed to move him. Yeah, between him and Kepler, I mean, if they could be the sort of two sparks that this team needs to kind of turn things around, just to keep the ship afloat until you get a rise and Buxton back and Kirilov. At the same time, even if they could gain some ground during this time, that would be fantastic. But truly, I think if they could play 500 baseball until those guys come back, maybe we got a chance to keep it interesting, you know, in the middle of the summer. They have had bad starts before and they have been able to come back, but it took a Herculean finish yes. to the season. So 
I don't know that this team, as currently constructed, has a Herculean finish in it. The bats look good. Their OPS right now is actually the sixth best in baseball, but their team ERA is 21st overall. OPS, and though, doesn't matter so much when you when you are only getting hits when it doesn't matter. Totally, but I think it shows that the bats are at least getting... Yeah, They have capable hitters. The timing has not been good for these hits. Yes. Um, and also, yeah, but one bullpen win, David. They're just it, It's just a stat that confounds me how how is only one guy alexander colomay of all people has a win out of the bullpen and nobody else does you know there were questions about the bullpen you kind of thought that they made the moves necessary but when you have guys struggling who you were counting on who i don't think it's like it's not like they went in and they put their mortgage payment on black in the casino right it was no they came in and they said you know these are guys who we think are proven entities at this point so it's just frustrating i don't know what you're what you're supposed to do when you went into the season thinking that you had this known commodity of guys who were going to be helpful in the bullpen, and then they're not. What about you? What did you have for Beast? I, I totally took over that conversation. Yeah, no worries. So I took Donaldson. He's starting to perform in the way that we would like to see him perform. He had a good series, man. You know, and there was that one play that he was, it was infield in. He was playing about level infield with the bag. In. Infield yeah. in, David. And he made a great stop, but he wasn't able to corral the ball in order to throw it to home or to first. Probably didn't have a play at home, so it was going to give up a run anyway, but he might have been able to get the out at first. But it was one of those things where the fact that he knocked it down definitely saved a run. I, I just like to see the way that he's playing currently, and if he can continue with this pace, I hope he kind of shows himself to be the leader in the clubhouse that the Twins need him to be. Yeah, I mean, he's up to, his batting average is almost 300 now. He's at 290, um, and he's really been holding on that number two spot and, and giving some protection to whoever decides to lead off in that game. Who's your bench? Yeah, so I, I got to give it to Duffy. I don't want to give it to Law because I feel like he was just, I don't know. I don't know what we expect. <laughs> poor guy. Anyway. Yeah, he was the cleanup guy. Yeah, but Duffy, it's like, man, you're coming into a game. It's tied. You really, really need to get out of an inning here with a clean line. And he just fell apart. And I hope it's not going to continue down this way. But you have to start wondering at some point, Dan, with Wes Johnson being the pitching coach and the proven success that he's shown, what's going on here that he can't fix these bullpen guys who we know can pitch at the major league level because they've done it before. They just seem to not be able to do it now. And we talked about this a few episodes ago about how they haven't really had a great rhythm to their season um, between the disruptions to, of covid and just kind of a lot of the day games where they didn't really have a lot of batting practice. Not that that directly affects the pitchers, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I do wonder if this team can get into a rhythm. Can they just play some 500 ball here for a few weeks? Like you said, to stay afloat while waiting for these guys to come back. I guess we'll talk about this later, but I, I think they need to look elsewhere uh, to get some pitchers. Yeah. So who do you have on your bench? I have Sano and I've, I'm ragging on Sano. I guess I'm just frustrated with his batting average right now, David. Sano is batting 129. He's got a gazillion strikeouts, and it's the key situations in this series where base is loaded and he swings at the first pitch and he doesn't do anything with it. If you're going to swing at the first pitch, great, drive it. You shouldn't miss. If you're swinging yeah. on that first pitch with bases loaded, you need in, to hit the ball hard. Infield pop-up, it wasn't it's good. can't do it. And then Rortvet came up, and the poor Rortvet's not playing great, but he's also not... I mean, he's the eighth hitter. He's the backup catcher. I think if there's any bad on a team you don't rely on, it's the backup catcher. Correct. Right? So I just frustrated with his inability to read the situation well and to just execute in the way that we've seen him execute in previous seasons. It's it's like the league has figured him out. It's very likely. I, I, <laughs> I know mean, you don't care. I know you're ambivalent now about uh, well, him. Well, I am a little bit, even, but it's but... like with Sano, it's really not that hard to figure out how to pitch to Sano. Don't throw him anything middle in and just throw sliders that go off the plate outside. And he'll yeah. swing at it. Even if he holds off one, he's not going to hold off two. 
Can't be no, done. That's true. Let's move to our questioning of Rocco here. Rocco's Rewind. Rocco's Rewind. What do you got for Rocco there, Dan? It's kind of related to earlier, but, you know, Duffy faced six batters in game two. I don't think he should have faced more than three, the way that things were going. I think they got to have somebody else there. This is a game that if they win that game, and I realize they didn't know that Sunday's game was going to get rained out, but how different does this feel if it's a 2-0 sweep going into Chicago, and now they got to sit with this loss? I just feel like you got to get the guys out. You have to get out of the situation earlier, and I get that they're trying to ride Duffy, but clearly Duffy didn't have it. Got to pull him earlier. I don't think that's a bad criticism. At the same point, he used most of the bullpen the night before. At that point in the game, he's already given up all those runs. I, this whole series, Dan, maybe I'm That's being so a little fatalistic bit too aloof. Though. Well, is, here's the idea. I mean, and, and maybe this is what you're feeling. I'll, I'll see if I can project onto you that they shouldn't have to try this hard to beat the Tigers. Right? <laughs> yes, you, yes. You shouldn't have yes. to burn that many arms in game one to get a 7-3 win. Partially, that was rain delay influenced. I get that, too. Uh, is that why? I mean, th- this feels like if you're going to burn these many arms, you should be playing a good team. Yeah, m- maybe. I-, I guess I just don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where Duffy's going to have to work out his kink somewhere, and they're not going to send him to AAA. So why not? Hey, we're already losing this one. Let's let's see if he can work it out. But I would rather even see Colome come back in in this situation. It's it's not. It is a high leverage situation, but he has looked a little bit better the last couple games. Again, it's the Tigers. This was a game they could have won if their bullpen can get a couple more outs. And you can't leave Duffy out there to just keep getting shelled when he clearly doesn't have it. You say that, but really, is the offense going to be able to put any more runs up on the board? Well, they anyone? did. I mean, they put they put one more after that. And you got to think if it's a 3-3 game, it could go to extra innings. And at least the Twins could lose in 10 and not in yeah. 9. And they and then, can continue that ridiculous stat of being 0 for they And they get a eight, point, so. I think, right, if it goes to extra yeah. innings. <laughs> right. It's like hockey. <laughs> at least we have the Wild right now to watch, David. Aren't they fun? Right? They yes. know how to win on overtime. They do. They very much do. But it we are to have Dan, we are a baseball song. podcast regardless I'm how just bad saying, the Twins Maybe play. we need to just turn into a Wild podcast for the month of May. <laughs> Shift. See if the listeners notice as we go like all of a sudden it's like hmm they're talking a lot about hockey all of a sudden all right do you have a Rocco's Rewind you know what uh Rocco and I are actually on a break so we had that last episode last episode I gave it to Rocco I gave it to Rocco pretty hard so I'm gonna lay off Rocco I'm not gonna give him any props I'm not gonna give him any negatives here you know I'm gonna take my break Rocco and I we're just on a little bit of a break Dan all right fair enough well then we can go to Minnesota moment Minnesota moment. For me, it's not even close. I think the garlic leadoff home run just really set the tone for that first game. Um, And even though it was one of those games where, again, it just felt as though, yeah, the Twins will probably find a way to lose this one. It was nice to have that positive moment off the top. Garlic is a guy who, again, he's an interesting story. A journeyman hasn't really had consistent playing time anywhere. Now that there's so many injuries on the team, he's got an opportunity to play. I hope that he continues to uh, seize those moments, Dan. That's a good pick. My moment is Trevor Larnock debuting. He's the fourth Twins batter, I believe, to debut this season already, and it's only early May. Um, Well, it's May call-ups, I think, right? (laughs) It is May. Right. That's how it works when you're 12 and 20. But are we going to look back on this summer fondly, I guess, as the time that these prospects finally made the big leagues? I guess I'm having trouble being that optimistic because I'm not that, (laughs) I'm just not that convinced that this team over the next couple of years is really going to compete, Dan. I just don't know that we have the prospects to really build another winning roster. And because the guys who kind of formed the core of the roster are still on this team for the next couple of years... The front office has some decisions to make. And really, what do you do here? Because I don't think I don't think right now that they can afford to rebuild or even just restructure at this point. It's either blow it up or you're going to have to start cutting some weight and spending some money 
just so that the guys who you have currently can be used in a way that gives this team a chance to win. That's so depressing. That's well, it not is. what I thought That's you were going to say. Yeah. You don't think they have a window after the next year or two? Right now, with the guys who you have signed through like 2023, this is the window. And I think that that window is closing. And then we're going we're gonna to be in it for a few years of bad baseball, I think, Dan. Well, we're getting a little musing here. Let's go into Maurer's musings. I just don't know how it can get any better. Maurer's musings. Well, what do you, what do you, I see what you have written here, Dan. <laughs> I can tell you what they so, did. <laughs> so I feel like I have been ragging on Miguel Sano, and I'm just going to ask, I'm, I'm going to ask it in question form now. When are they going to trade Miguel Sano, and who's going to take him, and what are they going to get back from him? What do you think? What do you well, think they get? I think maybe. Maybe the other team might pay for his plane ticket. Oh man! I David. think well, I think that's about that's about what they could get for Miguel Sano on the open market. So I was think, but I was thinking about this in a kind of a serious way, and also in in quite seriously, kind of a, a team relational way. Miguel Sano has been part of this franchise for a long time, really. I mean, going back to when he was. Why are, you, why are you quizzically looking? They signed him as like, he was like 12 years old when he came out of the DR. I, I So I, it makes me sad to think about the potential of Miguel Sano not being part of this franchise because I had such high hopes for Miguel Sano, but I not I, I just don't know that it's going to happen. It just makes me sad to think about this as a potentiality. And I and I think it's, it's beyond the David Ortiz comparisons. People might compare. This is not the same thing. Uh, Miguel Sano has had his chance and I think it's time to move on. What's your musing? What are they doing next in the bullpen, Dan? Because they tried our AAA strategy, which is just bring a guy in, <laughs> see what he can do, and he got lit up. So I, I guess I don't, I don't really know. That's my musing: is what are you going to do about the bullpen? And really, truly, do you just cycle through guys in AAA until you find a good one? Like I mean, that at this point, I think is what I would do: is I just keep selecting contracts and sending guys down, finding one that doesn't give up thirty runs when they're first to put on the mound, <laughs> and then go with it. That's what I think they should do. Yeah, it doesn't feel like this is a team that should be trading for a reliever right now. Right? I mean, <laughs> no, you, you shouldn't be giving no. up prospects in the hope that a reliever is going to be the guy because it's going to be a team effort. Their team bullpen just needs to get better. I would expect a new arm comes up before the Chicago series, right? Well, I think they have to, right? Yeah, they yeah they're, they're going to need somebody to to throw the ball uh, after the starter doesn't get through the fifth. Series grades, are we to that point? Yeah, let's do it. Series grades. I am not too. I, I look at your grade and I'm I'm baffled. I don't know how you can have that grade. <laughs> So I'm going with a C minus. This this might this might be one of our bigger spreads of the of the year, David. Could be, yeah. This this was a series they should have won. They should have won both of these games, and there's no doubt in my mind they didn't get the clutch hits, and their bullpen fell apart as usual. This was a this should have been two zero. It's not. It's a C minus. A C minus feels generous. Okay, fair enough. You know, I gave them a B, but I think my B was given in the understanding that they would have won today had they played. But like, you can't, that's not, that doesn't work. <laughs> like, you can't imagine the next game. Like, if they played the Tigers three more times and just assuming they would have won a best of seven against the Tigers, that doesn't work. I don't Come know. Come on. I, you, go, you, I play the, you judge the games that they played. It's true. They, I don't know. They won one, Baffling. they lost one. It was the same score. I guess if it was a four-game series and they split, I, I would have probably you. given them a B. I don't know. I don't know what to I tell just, you. Your optimism I'm, right now is just stunning to me. Well, I, You're so up and down. Here's the deal. I finished school yesterday for this semester. <laughs> I am I'm exhausted. And at the same time, I'm just so happy to be sort of have free time back. That is one of those things where I'm just happy to be watching baseball. And so I'm, I, I'm less negative than I was last episode. And I'm feeling like a couple of days off for the Twins might be just the trick they need, Dan, to turn things around. I agree with you. A couple of days off is the best thing. I don't know what else is going to help. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move forward here to Puckett's Picks. And we'll see you tomorrow. Puckett's Picks. 
I don't pick first, David. I know that. No, you want to. So it looks like the listeners have taken Donaldson, which is honestly probably the wisest pick. I think that Cruz is certainly a viable option, but I get to pick first here between you and I because you unfortunately won last week. I did. I'm going to go with Kepler again. I do think that he is turning things around. So that leaves Cruz on the table for you. But I think, Dan, I don't know. You don't You don't I, think I'm going to pick Cruz? No, I don't think you're going to pick Cruz. I took Kepler. Who are you taking, Dan? I can't overthink this. I got to go with Nelson Cruz. It, oh, one, of these, one of these times, he's actually going to perform well. You had already written in Polanco. Like, you like you know my mind, David. I, and you I do was not... almost certain that you were going to pick Polanco. Well, so. I tell you, if you hadn't written in, I might have. But... This is kind of spiteful. I, I'm picking Cruz. <laughs> I hope that Polanco has like eight home runs. <laughs> like, I mean, well, that's something. pretty much, aside from my Kirilov pick of a couple weeks ago, that or last week, that's that's usually how this goes. My goodness, Dan. I just, I, yeah, I feel kind of low energy here, but so hopefully the Twins can start winning a couple of games here and get our energy back up and not, I don't have to be hostile. I don't have to be sort of lethargic. I want to be excited about this team, Dan. Do you think they can do it here against the White Sox? Well, Luis Arise is at least eligible to come off the injured list here. He was in concussion protocol on Tuesday, right? So it's it's possible Luis Arise plays in this series. Alex Kirilov, it sounds like he just needs to toughen up, apparently, because that's, <laughs> that's what wow. they say about cortisone. I'm, I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek, but that's the cortisone shot, basically, is the hope that it's going to heal his wrist, which I am skeptical of things like that. I've seen enough Twins players just kind of try to play through injuries to their hands and wrists. Uh, CJ Crone comes to mind a couple years ago. So I'm not optimistic there. Last thing, David, is we're not going to talk about the latest no-hitter. Uh, I'm just saying that right now. Well, why? I don't understand why people keep making such a big deal about it. Again, I have it on good authority that we should not care about no-hitters, only perfect games, Dan. No, we should move the mound back a foot uh, <laughs> just to make it a little bit easier for hitters to hit because there's, yeah. I, I don't. The pitcher could throw from second base and it wouldn't matter <laughs> if there were runners in scoring position, Dan. <laughs> Maybe we should put us out there doing that little soft toss there, like at a Little League game. Yeah. We should just do that for them because apparently if Miguel Sano can hit off a, a pitching machine, then that's going to translate into hitting against actual baseball pitchers certainly seems reasonable absolutely all right well i'll send us out david here we go folks if you like what you hear please tell a friend and you can follow us on twitter at min for the win you can also find our min for the win facebook page just make sure you're subscribing to the podcast so that you're notified when new episodes are available if you could leave us a rating that would be great too thanks for listening and as always go twins That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!